Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Tuesday, September 29th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'm joined by my co-host here, Cole Shelton, repping the Tampa Bay Lightning jersey. They won the Stanley Cup last night. Did pick them the win, too, Cole. Such a stacked team, like from top to bottom end, ridiculously stacked. After last year, we're getting uh, swept by Columbus in four games. You knew they'd come back with a vengeance, and they went in. They got the COVID cut, man, so congratulations. Yeah. I know you're a Bolts fan, so that's awesome. I remember like when they won the first time, dude. I was probably like your age now, and they beat uh, Calgary in I think it was seven games. It was a great series back in the day. So congrats on the second cup, man. I know you must be happy, huh? Oh yeah, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I'm, I mean, after last year, I'm like, oh frig, they're gonna blow this team up. But I'm glad yeah. they kept everything together. How did you become a Bulls fan, though? I mean, come on. We're in Toronto, man. We're basically Toronto Maple Leafs for life, right? I know. I, they- <laughs> I like St. Louis and the Cabulet. Yeah. I, 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 exactly. That's kind of like the era I grew up in, man. Like Brad Richards and guys. Yeah. So I knew they'd be a good team for a while. But, yeah, congrats, man. And then today, it's it's crazy, guys. I know a lot of people listen are sports bettors, obviously. we got the MLB wildcard round. Cole, eight series, including our Toronto Blue Jays. So I can't wait. That's awesome. I did pick them to make the eighth seed. I said the Jays are going to sneak in this year with the 60 games. They snuck in as the eighth seed. I'm not liking their chances, Cole, to be honest with you, man. I'm a big Jays fan, but the rotation's a little sketchy and stuff, and I don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, either way, man, congrats. And let's talk about some MMA now. we got a lot to talk about today. we got UFC 253 to recap, and then, of course, this weekend, UFC on ESPN 16 preview. And I do want to talk about a few fight announcements as well as Conor McGregor releasing text messages of him and Dana White talking about Diego Sanchez fight. Let's start with UFC 253, Cole. Let's go for about 10 or 15 minutes here. Start with the main event. Israel Adesanya knocks out Paulo Costa in the second round. Just a masterful performance by the champion in this fight, Cole. I think this was maybe his best fight ever, possibly. I mean, he looked incredible in this fight. Costa was a guy who's undefeated coming into this, and he didn't do much. I, I will say that I was disappointed by Costa's performance. Like, it was kind of bizarre how he stayed on the outside and just let Adesanya kick him in the leg. That's not a good game plan. I thought he'd be more aggressive, but, you know, is he able to do? He stayed on the outside, kicked this guy got him to slow down a bit, and then knocked him out when he moved inside in the second round. So what were your thoughts on his performance, man? It was pretty great. Yeah, I thought he'd be able to – like, I didn't think Costa would really have much for him. I was one of those people that was really hot on it. Izzy, I thought he'd be able to pick apart Costa rather easily. I didn't expect it to be this easy. I thought it was going to be a late finish. I thought it was going to be fourth round, which is Costa not really having anything for Adesanya. But this performance was just dominant. Like, Costa didn't even look like he belonged in there with the Adesanya. Yeah, no, I agree. It was – it was a bizarre performance. Dana Wade said it was kind of a weird performance. I, I think I agree with that by Costa. But Adesanya just – it's like you, you could take away some of his shine because Costa didn't do much in this fight. But at the same time, I mean, it's because Adesanya was so good with his distance control, which is his biggest weapon, Cole. So he gets the win here. It seems like Jared Cannonier, if he beats Whitaker, which is a big if. I mean, that's a tough fight. I don't know if the odds are out yet, but I'm assuming it's like a pick em fight. That's a tough fight, Cole. If he wins that fight, he'll get the title shot, but there's no telling if he wins. Just say he loses, then you got Whitaker potentially as a rematch, or you know, Darren Till's out there talking, and he says, you know, if he get, gets a win in his next fight, and he's fighting Jack Hermanson, Cole, he could get the shine and get that title shot too. So I'm not sure which way you're leaning. I, I guess you're leaning towards Cannonier too, but there's no guarantee he wins that fight, Cole. Yeah, I think it's Cannonier if he wins. I don't think he can do the Whitaker out of Sonny rematch right now. I think. Especially how just if that was a decision, it was a close fight, you could easily do a rematch. But I still think if 
Yeah, Whitaker wins. I think if Hermanson beats Till, you're going with Hermanson. Even if Till wins, I think they want Till to get a title shot. Adesanya wants to fight him. But yeah, I, I think Cannoneer is obviously the UFC's first choice, but he has to get past Whitaker. And I don't really know who I'm picking in that fight either. That's a really close fight. Yeah, I agree with that as well. We'll see what happens, but it looks like Cannoneer right now. Co main event goal. You did pick this one. I should say for picks, I, I killed it, man. I had 10 picks right. I had three underdogs right. I had a great night call, finally. So it kind of got me out of the dog whistle a little bit. I've been, you know, scuffling a bit since COVID, since the uh, COVID thing happened. Been scuffling a bit with the picks, but this was a good event for me. Um, but this was one you actually got right, called Jan Blahovitz knocks out Dominic Reyes. Can't remember if you called a knockout or a decision, yeah. but you called a knockout, yeah. yeah. I was kind of feeling this fight would go the distance, but, I mean, man, Blahovitz came out really aggressive. Nasty kicks. Landed some really brutal body kicks. Reyes had this huge welt on his uh, like ribs. Not even one round into the fight call. And you could tell it slowed him down. Second round gets caught. And Blahovic just unloads, catches him on the chin. I know you're not too high on Dominic Reyes. I still like the guy. I know he's lost two straight on paper now. But I still think he's one of the best guys in the world. But there's no doubt Jan is the number one guy right now. Having said that, Cole, he just got knocked out by Thiago um, Santos last year. Last February. It wasn't that long ago. He also had a super close fight with Jacare last November. I like Jan. He's a good fighter. He can be beaten, though. He's lost a lot of times in UFC. I don't know how long he holds the belt for. Well, this could be a guy that doesn't even defend the title once. And I'm not saying that because I don't like Jan. I think he's a really good fighter. But you look at who he'd fight next. It'll probably be the winner of Santos and Glover. If Santos wins, he does have an upper hand, considering they fought twice. Of course, Santos got hurt enough out of John Jones. We have no idea how he's going to even be. Um, these days because of the double knee surgery, but I would favor Santos in the, set, in the rematch because you have to. I mean, he did knock him out just last year again. The other fight would be, obviously, Glover, and I think that's an interesting fight. Glover's an old man. He's 40 years old, Cole, but I think Glover versus Jan is a very well-matched fight. Uh, on the feet, I'd give Jan the edge, but the ground, I would have to give it to Glover. So, to be honest, that's an interesting fight as well. And then, obviously, you have John Jones, who is kind of talking some smack now. It would be weird if he came back to the, the uh, light heavy division, Cole. You know, DC saying he's ducking Reyes. That's why he moved up. I don't really believe that. Then he posted a video last night of himself working out and lifting weights to move up to heavyweight again. I think he's going to do the heavyweight thing. I just think he's trying to have some fun right now. But I want to hear your thoughts on the vision, Cole. Obviously, Jan with the great performance, you can talk about that as well. But give me your thoughts on who you'd fight next uh, as well. Yeah, the next is obviously the winner of Santos Glover. Both fights make sense. Both fight. Both guys deserve it. UFC is really keen on that matchup. They booked it now, I think, what, three, four times. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think it's clear the winner. Obviously, Yuri Pajaka is right there. He probably needs another win. He's right. Like, light heavy division with all of a sudden John Jones, there's so many challengers. Like, you have, so obviously, Santos Glover's next. You have Yuri. You have Rakic coming up. Uh, even like a Vulcan Uzmir, if he can get past Nikita Krylov and get another win, like, he's right there. But then, like, just even for Dominic Reyes, like, I don't really know where he goes. Like, do you give him the loser of Santos Glover? Like, maybe you give him Bulk and Uzmir rematch because a lot of people thought Uzmir won that fight. Like, how far of a step back do you give him after losing two straight? Because obviously the UFC's high on him. They probably want him to get another title shot down the line. So, like, where would you match up, Reyes? Reyes? Like, I don't think he drops as far as maybe you're, you're thinking here because he has lost two straight, but John Jones and Jan Blahovitz, those are not bad losses, Cole. To me, you know, you look at the rankings right now by heavyweights. Obviously, I agree with you in that Santos Glover is going to fight Jan. The rankings haven't been updated, by the way. Right now, Reyes is number one. He's going to drop a little bit. I mean, Alexander Rakic is right there too, Cole. That'd be an interesting fight. To be honest, Rakic is a guy who could be a champion. 
Because I think if you fought Jan, he'd probably be favored, right? Like, it'd be close, Cole. I don't know if he'd be favored, but he'd be super close based on his youth and based on his just nasty kicks and nasty wrestling and everything. And that guy's just a good fighter. Light heavyweight's never been more up in the air, Cole. It's crazy, right? Like, again, I like Jan. I think he's a really good fighter. I'd like to see him defend the belt. I don't know if he does, Cole. I just think based on the matchups, it's all matchup-based. The Dominic Reyes matchup proved to be a really good matchup for him. Is Tiago Santos in a rematch a good matchup? Has he learned from the first fight? Who knows? We'll see. Either way, I'm excited about this division, man. Even with John Jones without a call, it seems like it happened at the right time. There's so many good young guys coming up. I know, obviously, Jan's not a young guy, but guys like Rakic, guys like um, Yuri Pajatska. That's another guy we're not talking about. He's a sleeper for sure. He can win the title too, Cole. So this division, you know, it's it's never been – or it, it used to be the UFC's marquee division. But for, like, the last 10 years, it's basically been John Jones and whoever else. Now it seems like these guys are finally breaking through. So we'll see what happens, Cole, but – Either way, nice pick there and yawn. And nice nice pick by me here. Got to toot my own horn. Brandon Royville, man. I don't think anyone took him on the uh, the pool at the website, so at Oddsbreaker. So I did take him here. Liked him quite a bit in this fight at the odds. I think it was plus 195, Cole, which I think is crazy looking back. But he gets the win over Kai Kara France. This guy is really good. Uh, the length, the reach, the height, the unorthodoxness, his ground game, his striking, Cole. This guy is a serious contender. I don't know if he beats Figueredo, but I think he's like one or two wins away, Cole. What do you think about his performance, Brandon Roybal? Yeah, I did not expect. I thought if Roybal was going to win, I didn't think he'd be able to finish Kai Kai France. Kai Kai France is a tough guy to finish. Both these guys are tough guys to finish. I thought this fight was going the distance, and I thought Kai Kai France was going to be able to outpoint Roybal on the feet because Kai France is good takedown defense. So that second round is crazy. Like, Kai Kai France dropped him. Roybal stood up, fell back down. Then he lands a spinning elbow to rock Kai Kai France. Like, Man, this guy has two UFC fights and two fight of the nights. Like he is an exciting guy. I think the UFC has to match up with someone good. I talked to him yesterday, and he already said uh, Benavidez or Formiga. He thinks those fights make sense for him. One win because he know obviously Perez Moreno is winner. That's next in line, so he thinks he's probably one two wins away. I think the UFC is going to keep him away from Askar Askarov just because I think that's a fight that could be for a belt. I don't think you have to do that right now. I think you give both those guys, like those veteran guys, that they can get past. But I think he, like, he came out of nowhere. Like, he wasn't even in the UFC this year, and now he could be one win away from a title shot. Yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. Um, man, I mean, this guy is, he's kind of come on the scene out of nowhere. But, like, again, you look at his record, Cole, if you really – one thing I'll say is, you know, looking at records is one thing. You got to watch the tape too. When I watched the tape on this guy, I was like, damn, this guy's good. Like, just the length of the reach alone. Like, there was one knockout I saw. He landed a, a knee on the guy, and it was just from so far away. And I'm like, damn, this guy, like, five foot nine, 70 inch reach cold. Like, this guy is not shaped like a flyweight. He's shaped as someone who's probably like a featherweight or lightweight. And, you know, look at that ground game, man. He's good. Anyways, I, I think, I think, uh, really highly of this dude. I think he's going to make a run for the belt. Benavidez, I don't think he'd take that fight call. It's super dangerous and against a guy who's probably going to beat him. Formiga might take that fight. Formiga seems like he still wants to, you know, make competitive. So maybe he'd take that fight. But anyone up there in the top 10, Askar Askarov is another guy who's, who needs a big fight. So any of those guys call, I'm okay with. Uh, just getting through the next couple kind of quick. Uh, Kaylin Vieira defeats Jarry Banks, unanimous decision. And Hakim Nawadu defeats Averi Tuvav via split decision. Obviously, I had Vieira in the one fight. The other fight, I actually scored it for Tihugov. Looking at the stats, it looks like I might have been wrong because according to the stats, Dewadu landed twice in strikes. I also picked Dewadu there, so it's, there's no bias here at all, guys, because I wanted him to win. But uh, I did think Zubera edged out the first two rounds. I'm not sure you scored that fight, Cole. It's a super close fight. What are your thoughts on those two matchups I just mentioned? Yeah, the Vieira-Ubanks one, I was just like, 
<laughs> it wasn't really nothing. Like, Vieira, I think, has lost so much hype over the last two years. Like, she beat Katsangano and then she didn't fight forever. Everyone was talking about, oh, she's a title challenger, gets knocked out to Aldana. Mm-hmm. And then this win doesn't really do much. Like, people are calling her a boring fighter. This is a boring fight, all that. Like, she has lost so much momentum in the Bantamweight division. Like, it, I don't. And then Tukov Duaru, that was a fight where if it went either way, I wouldn't have been surprised. It was such a close fight. Like, that's one where no one could say either way, like, oh, this is a robbery. Like, if it was 29 28 Duato or 29 28 Tugov, like, I had no problem with either guy winning. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest fight, honestly. I thought I was expecting a little bit more from those guys. Going down the prelims, Brad Riddell, a guy I'm really high on, beats uh, Alex and Silva. Actually, a pretty tough fight, close fight, competitive fight. The Silva's not that bad, but Riddell gets the win. Jake Matthews defeats Diego Sanchez, unanimous decision. I still understand the matchmaking here. Like, why did they give Diego this fight against a guy who's 15 years younger than him? There was just really no point in this fight, Cole. It was very bizarre matchmaking. Like, Diego's pretty much openly admitted that he doesn't have many fights left. Dana White says, like, you know, I want to have to talk with this guy. And then yet yeah, they book him against a guy like Jake Matthews. There's no point. And the weird thing is, it's not like he's, like, a prospect. Jake Matthews is not a prospect anymore. He's been in the UFC for, like, what, six, seven years. He's a, he's kind of a contender. Not really. He's like He's like a top 25 guy, I guess. So it's just kind of a weird fight. Like I'd rather have them booked uh, Diego against a, a legitimate like contender like Sean Brady or something. A guy who's uh, sorry, a prospect of that. Like not a guy who's been in the UFC that long. A guy who's been in the UFC a year or two. Just bizarre matchmaking. You know, I, I hope that Diego fights maybe one more time because I I think this would be an awful way to go out. I'd like to see him fight someone like Donald Cerrone or Diego Sanchez or uh, sorry, Damian Maya, someone like that. Cole, I think you're on the same page with me as far as Diego goes. Maybe one more fight call against a veteran. What are you thinking? Yeah, I think that. I think the Damian Maya, they both want it. They both said Damian Maya only has one fight left. You can have both of them as their retirement fight. They both called for it for a while. I think it makes sense because yep. I really don't want to see Tio Sanchez fight. Any, like, I don't get why he's been fighting these up and comer guys like this. I'm with you. Let me get some comments here. Cheer up, mate. What's up, gents? Yeah, sorry, I had some computer problems, but we were only a couple minutes late. We're here now. Um, DJ Hooligan, Mihin Kim's Canadian t- treasure. Five straight wins, man. I mean, this guy's definitely solid. Here's the other question he has. When do you guys think Rodolfo Vieira will be on the card? I'm pretty sure he's supposed to fight this weekend. He got injured, right? Yeah, it was or next week or something like that. He was supposed to fight this weekend or next weekend, like Cole said, uh, against Marcus Perez, I believe. And, yeah, I'm not sure if it's COVID-related or if it's an injury or whatnot or some maybe his cornerman tested positive. No idea, but he's not fighting right now. I am really high on that guy, though. I know Cole is, too. I think Vieira is a guy who's definitely going to be top 15, probably before the end of the year or next year after his next fight. But he's awesome. Take one more question from Turn It Up, Ben May. If anyone has a fan of five dimes, they're bummed out. Check out Ben Any Sports. Five dimes, new name, just in case you didn't know. I didn't know that. It's good. Ben Any Sports. Okay. Well, I'll take a look at it afterwards. But, yeah, that's that's good to know. All right, let's get through the rest of the card really quick. Well, all right. All right, I got to talk about this one, guys, because I called it. Ludovic Klein with the head kick. Cole, when he did it, I was like, holy fuck, he did it. He did the head kick. I was like, yes. Microfrax, like, what are you doing? I was so happy, Cole, because I called him in the podcast. And literally when I I was like, who's Ludovic Klein? Like, I had no idea who this guy was. I go on YouTube, type in his name. First video I saw, a head kick. I sent it to Cole. I'm like, Cole, check this guy out. Second video. I'm like, I said this to Cole, head kick. Three head kick knuckles. He got four now. Three in a row, four in his last nine fights, Cole. Cole, this guy's really good. I know he missed weight. That does take some of the luster off it. He didn't get his bonus. Cole, this guy's the real deal, man. Do you believe in him now? I mean, if you show five pounds overweight, I'm still Come not on. too impressed. There's a head kick against Shane Young. He's got an iron chin, man. Shane Young's never been KO'd before. That was an awesome win. 
anyways, it was a good win, but yeah, I'm with you on the weight miss. You can't miss weight by five pounds. Super unprofessional. He did take the fine short notice, so we'll give him a break somewhat. But, you know, the other thing I'll say is he got fined 30%, and so did uh, Tahugov. They both missed weight by four pounds, technically over the, the uh, non-title limit. But for me, you know, Adesanya is saying guys should uh, get 90% fines. I was looking at Road FC. Road FC is a promotion, and I think it's in Korea. And basically, they take points from people. So if you miss weight goal, you get like two or three points taken away from the fight the next day. However, they also take away their purse. So they fight for free with, with points taken away. And I'm reading online, and people on uh, like Sherdog forums are like, this is so stupid. It's like so unfair. You'd never see that in the States, I don't think. But, you know, the point thing is interesting because guys are kind of, it's almost cheating sometimes. Um, the other thing I'll say is each pound should be 10%. So in this case, yeah. it should. 40% fine, which I think you'd agree with. And at some point, maybe if it's over five pounds, you don't even do the fight. Because at that point, it's like, there's a reason why we have weight classes, you know? So again, Cole, I'm pumped for this dude, man. And I was screaming, dude, because I was super happy that I actually called this one right. But I'd like to see him make weight. But I'm definitely high on this guy. And what made more people mad was this guy showed up with 90 minutes left in the yeah. lands. Again, dude, I, I'm with you on the weight miss, but lots of fighters have missed weight and they've gone to have good careers. I think this guy could too could as well maybe he's a lightweight though maybe he's too big for featherweight we'll see because he looks like a pretty big dude yeah next guy i did call this one as well another underdog called william knight defeats alexa kimura and this fight was kind of a beating man it really wasn't that close he pretty much dominated the fight uh kimura did have some nice takedowns and stuff but dude knight's ground game defensively is really good like really underrated it's very tough to finish this guy he's got really good athleticism he's a powerful dude you look at his uh, body type goal and you're like holy smokes man this guy is like completely deezed but then he goes in there, he's got 50 minutes of cardio. So I'm not saying this guy's going to be a champion to a five Cole. I do think it's a guy who could potentially break in the top 15. I think this guy's really good, Cole. How, are you hiring William Knight now a little bit more than, than you were? Yeah, I was always high on him. I just was a bit more high on Alexa Cameron. I just, William Knight, I think he, obviously, both these guys, I was like, even still after this fight, I'm surprised at his matchmaking. I think both guys could have been, like, I think this fight made a lot more sense down the line just because they're still both prospects he kind of killed off. Alexa Cameron for a while, but William Knight's guy you have to keep your eye on. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they give him some veteran with a name just to build him up a bit more in his next fight. Yeah, we'll see what happens with him, but I mean, he's he's definitely close to breaking that top 15. It's not like the top 15 is the toughest thing to do with two of them. He's close there. Last two fights, Juan Espino, my guy, defeats Jeff Hughes. I mean, this he made it look easy, called first round submission. Scarf hole choke, according to Sure Dog, is the second ever in the UFC, so it's very rare. The first guy was Alexi Linick, which is the fight I'd like to see next. Yeah. Of course, you'd like to see that too. That'd be a great fight, right? I'm not sure if you've talked to either guy yet, but I'm assuming they probably want that fight against each other. So, yeah, I mean, Juan's 39, Cole. I've talked about this, but dude, he doesn't look like he's 39. He and he moves like a much younger guy, and he hasn't fought that much, Cole. Right? So he's got, and that's like 25 at heavyweight. Yeah, exactly. It is. It is. Guys in in their 30s and 40s at heavyweight sometimes do show improvement, which is insane. Like, look at Overeem. He's he's still improving his game at age like 41. It's crazy, right? Last fight, Cole, and I barely want to talk about this, but I just got to talk about how much this guy sucks. And I'm sorry to say that because I really hate fighter bashing. Kedis Ibrahimov is probably the worst fighter in the UFC. He might be the worst fighter in UFC history, potentially. I mean, obviously there's guys like CM Punk that and James Tony that don't even really count. But as far as guys that got multiple shots, 0-4 Cole, never won a fight, got finished a couple times, and then loses an absolutely horrible fight against a guy who's just not good either in Daniel Marquez. This was a terrible fight to watch. Awful fight, Cole. What are your thoughts on this one before we move on? Man, like, <laughs> I don't even know. This fight, I didn't even want to pick. I don't think either guy are good. Like, 
Marquez fought absolutely no one on the regional scene. Like he fought guys that were five and nine, zero oh and sixteen. Like his next fight, I'm gonna fade him again because the only reason he won is because he's facing Ibrahimov. Like it was not good this fight, and I don't know why they gave Ibrahimov another shot. Like this guy's terrible, man. I'm sorry to say, like I don't want to fire bash. It's hard to get in UFC. It's hard to fight in MMA. It's hard to fight once in MMA. This guy's ten fights or whatever. He's not good. He's not a UFC power fighter. No cardio. No gas tank, no aggressiveness. This fight was horrible to watch. Maybe Dana White feels for this guy and feels really bad and gives him another shot. I doubt it, man. He's getting cut. Give us some comments before we get in the preview for the next card. Jamie Gidley, what's up, guys? Do you have any idea what's on with Carl Gracie? I don't know. He hasn't fought since the Cubs Swanson fight, has he? Been no. a I like Cron a lot, but yeah, I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, obviously, with Corona, probably doesn't want to fight right now. Damon Blackburn, what's up, guys? Hey, Damon, how's it going? He went nine and nine fights he played. I'm sure you picked a couple of those dogs that me and Cole also had, right? Come on. Tell, tell me. Tell me you got Knight and, and uh, who was the other guy? Roybal. Even Blackburn Dolpho had to pull out. Yeah, he's out of that fight, but I don't know if he pulled out or if he's sick or if he's injured or what. Got, a lot of guys pull out for COVID-related reasons these days, and you don't really know about it. Anyways, anything else you want to talk about this card, Cole? 253, we're good to go. No, we're good. All right, let's go to the next card, guys. UFC on ESPN 16. That's this weekend. UFC Fight Island 4, main event, Holly Holm versus Irene Aldana. Uh, just really brief thoughts on the fight as a whole, on the card as a whole, Cole, while I pull up the uh, the card. Oh, it's the worst one they've done on Fight Island by far. I don't think, like, there's really, if you have Jorgen to Castro, Carlos Felipe is your co-main oh. event. Like, And the thing is, it's starting so late. Like, the main card is, like, 10.30 at night, start time. Oh. You're serious? Oh man, yeah. that's that's brutal. I mean, I guess because they want them to fight different time, maybe earlier. Than, I don't know. That's kind of weird. If anything, you think it'd be the other way around. Um, yeah, the, this is not a great card, but there's betting opportunities. So you know, the entertainment might not be there as much as some of the other cards, guys. But I think there's some betting opportunities in this card. Let's go right into it. Start with the main. Uh, we'll start with the prelim. Sorry. And the first card, find the card is Justin Irie against Luigi Vendramini. It's a lightweight bout, and right now with very close odds. Ari minus one fifteen, Benjamini minus one five. Who's your pick? Man, this is both guys haven't fought since twenty eighteen. Luigi fought in September. Uh, Steve Ray fought in October. Both former welterweights that have dropped down. I'm gonna favor Luigi slightly. I've just been a bit more impressed. But man, this I can't bet on either guy. You don't really know what they're gonna look like. Two years off, both for both of them. Both of them on haven't won. Or Arian's on a two fight losing streak. And, but look, like he lost Darren Till and Stevie Ray. Luigi lost his UFC debut to uh, Alessi's Eliza. So, like, they've lost to good guys. But I favor Luigi slightly. But I no way I'm laying money on either guy. Yeah, this one's super close. I mean, there's no way you can bet in this fight. Considering both guys haven't fought in two years, it's crazy to bet in this fight. Don't bet in this fight. <laughs> I've said it three times. Don't bet in this fight. There's other opportunities in this card. You don't have to bet on every single fight. This is not a fight you want to bet on. Unless you, like, know either guy and have, like, some inside information that we don't know about, don't bet in this fight. My slight leans towards Iardi Cole just a little bit just because he does have a little bit more experience, but that's the only reason I'm taking him. I thought he was a little bit older, actually. He's actually only 28. I thought he was, like, way older for some reason because I've heard his name for years. Um, I don't know. I just think the experience is going to help him here, but Luigi's definitely a dangerous guy. He's only 24, too. A lot of knockouts on his resume, but the layoff does worry me. Both guys have a lot of long layoffs. Just Luigi's is a little bit longer. My pick's just an area by decision, Cole. I am not betting on this fight. All right, next up. Casey Kenny against Haile Alatang at 135. Interesting fight here. Kenny, minus 290. Alatang, plus 245. Who's your pick? 
I like Case Kenny in this fight. I don't really understand the matchmaking. I thought Kenny would get someone a lot higher ranked than Ela Tang. Like, Case Kenny's looked really impressive in the UFC. Like wins over Ray Borg, Manny Bermudez, and a really good submission over Luis Smoko. Only loss was against Marab. Was obviously a beast. Ela Tang like, coming off that split over Ryan Benoit. I think he's Kenny just going to be able to out-wrestle Healy Alatang, just use wrestling and striking, just be able to grind Alatang. Kenny's not a guy that only finishes guys, so I think he's just going to probably win like a 30-27 decision. Just like, I don't really see a path to victory for Alatang here, so I like he's Kenny, and it's a steep price, but I think you could parlay him with like another big favor, like a, this someone I'll also mention later on, but I, yeah, I think Casey Kenny's going to get a decision win. Yeah, I mean, both these guys are actually pretty solid. I mean, Casey Kenny is a guy I'm really high on. Alatang's underrated, though. He's won 10 of his last 11 fights and uh, four straight wins, two straight wins in the UFC. I think his last fight was a small upset against Ryan Benoit. He's not that bad, man. He's not a bad fighter. You know what's crazy, Cole? If you look at his record, in 2013, he fought Yadong Song, lost the decision. Yadong Song was 15 years old when he fought him, which is just insane. Like, I don't know how young these guys are fighting over there in Mongolia and China, but... Yeah, I think this guy's not bad. I mean, he's winning fights, and, you know, we look at his name and where he's from and stuff, and we're like, this guy's not that great, but he's kind of bucking the trend of the uh, Chinese region fighters. A lot of those fighters used to lose like, every fight in the UFC. Now they're actually doing okay. This guy's not bad. But Casey Kenny, how do you go against him here? I mean, I'm with you, Cole. Like, all the experience in the UFC, you know, he's got good, good wins, Smolka, Bermudez, Bork. And even looking back at El Pico, he beat Brandon Royville. That's a great win now. Five rounds he beat him. Uh, Roman Salazar fought in the UFC. So, I mean, I'm pretty high on Casey Kenny. I'm with you. I mean, the line's a little high, but I think he wins this fight, guys. And honestly, I think he could have been like a little bit higher at minus 400 or something like that. I think the odds makers just don't want to go too crazy right now against Alatang. And that's why the line's somewhat competitive because people are seeing Alatang win these fights that he shouldn't be winning. So, people are kind of, I think, a little bit worried. That's why the line's not crazy cold because I think otherwise it'd be like minus 400, minus 500. I'm very confident in Casey Kenny winning this fight, though. We'll see what happens. It's MMA, anything can happen, but I like Casey Kenny. Kind of leaning towards the decision, call just based on the way Alatang fights. He kind of is one of those guys that goes to full 15, but maybe a submission. Damon says, 15-year-old, you got to be kidding me. Dude, I think Yadong Song started fighting when he was, like, 14, I, I want to say. Like, really young. And he's only 22 right now. But, yeah, he's been fighting for a while, dude, which is insane. Like, again, they get them in there really young. All right, next up, Cole, we got Loma, Luke Boonmi, against Jin Frey. Women, strawweight bouts. Right now, Luke Boonmi, minus 135. Frey, plus 115. Who's your pick? Yeah, this is a really tough fight to call. I'll lean the slight underdog, Jin Frey. I just like her experience in Invicta. I know she obviously got Smith against Kance. I picked Hans in that fight. She looked good early on. Luma Boonmi obviously got the win over Alibu and then lost to Angela Hill, which was obviously a big step up in competition. Both these girls kind of need that win. I just like Jimmy Frey's experience in Victor, being that champion, having wins over like an Ashley Cummins. Uh, she beat Cummins twice. Like, it's definitely a tough fight to call. I don't think I'd bet on either girl, but I just like Jimmy Frey's just a slight bet to win this fight, probably by decision, because Luma's really tough to finish. What are the odds on the decision here? Oh, man, minus 360 over two and a half. Yeah, not good odds. But I mean, it's probably going to the decision. I'm with you. I think it goes the distance. This was tough too, man. This is a tough fight to call. I mean, the odds are essentially a pick 'em, slightly leaning towards the Boomy, which actually is kind of the way I'm leaning. I'm just, I was just thinking in my head, like if these guys, if these two girls fought in Invicta right now for Frey's belt, like what would the line be, right? And I imagine she'd be the favorite. So I don't really see value in the Boomy because I think on paper, I'm a little surprised that Frey is not favored. But at the same time, I do kind of lean Luke Boomy. And it's essentially cool. The reason I'm picking her is the age difference here 24 to 35. And we just saw what Hanson. In the last fight, that was a close fight, but Hanson, the youth and the, I think the uh, just 
freshness won the fight for. I think that could be the same thing here. It's going to be a close fight, man. I mean, I, I see it kind of staying on the feet. Both girls kind of trading shots with each other. Phrase very experienced, obviously, in MMA. I would actually probably give her a lean if it went to the ground. But I think Luke Boonie is going to have a little bit more volume, Cole, and edge over the close decision. But, yeah, I'm not betting on this fight either, guys. This is, again, you don't have to bet in every fight. This this is not a strong lean. This is a 51% lean for me to Luke Boonie. Very slight. And the next fight's tough, too. I mean, we're talking about some tough fights to call, Cole. I think this one's tough, too. Uh, we got Jordan Williams against Nazardine Imavov. It's <laughs> kind of a weird last name. It's not Ivanov, it's Imavov. All right, so right now we got Williams minus 155, Imavov plus 135. Who's your pick? Yeah, this is such a close fight. A really interesting fight, too. I lean slightly toward Williams. I just like the size. Imavov's been a natural welterweight. This is going to be his first fight at middleweight. I just, Williams' size, he really impressed me on the contender series. showed a lot of improvements last time out. I think he can. I don't know if he's going to be able to knock out Imavov. Imavov's only lost, been finished once. It was his first uh, career loss. He's looked good since then, fought some okay guys, like a 9 1 guys last time out. But I like Williams striking and his takedown defense to keep this fight. Just being able to just outpoint Imavov on the feet. But man, this is such a close fight. Yeah, it's just super close. Again, I wouldn't bet on this fight because I think from what I've seen, both guys, they both have the capability to knock each other out. They're both strikers. This is probably going to be a really good fight for as long as it lasts. It could last one round or it could last three. But I definitely think uh, there's going to be some leather thrown in this fight, guys. Like, based on what I've seen from both guys, they're both strikers. Jordan Williams coming off a really nice win over Gregory Rodriguez at Contender Series. He did have a couple – he had one loss at Contender Series. Yeah, the other one was a no contest that was a win over turn to uh, – no contest due to marijuana. He has been knocked out before by Dwight Grant. So that does worry me a little bit because – and Mavov has crazy power too. The last one with Jonathan Mounier, I don't know if you watched that, he beat the crap out of Jonathan Mounier. He used to fight in the UFC. He wasn't even that bad of a fighter. He got cut because he has some like uh, brain issues or something like that. But yeah, I mean, this guy's not bad. Five straight wins. He's got power, man. He's got a decent ground game from what I've seen. So he's a dangerous guy. I'm pretty high on both guys, to be honest with you. After Williams' last fight, though, I, I have a hard time going against him. Watching more tape on this guy, he just has like a lot of speed and power, man. It's a tough combination. So... That's kind of where I'm going towards Williams. I think he probably wins the fight by knockout, Cole. Um, Mavov has not been knocked out yet, but I think Williams probably wins it by KO. But Mavov is dangerous, dude, and he could he could win this fight. And Williams is a guy who I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind this guy. I think he's a decent fighter. But again, nine and three record. He has lost a couple times, so we'll see what happens. But my picks: Williams by KO. See what he says. Jordan was getting touched up, kept walking through punches, landed one. It was a wrap. He's super tough, and he's got crazy power in his hands. No doubt about it. But I'm telling you right now, Imavov, watch the fight with Munier. He beat the hell out of him. That's not a bad way at all. All right, Cole. Next up, Charles Jordan against Josh Kulabal. Right now, Jordan minus 450. Kulabal plus 360. You give the dog any chance here? No, this is the guy I said you can parlay okay. with Casey Kenny. Uh, both K- Kenny and his odds are pretty lopsided, like a bit too much to play outright. But if you parlay him, you, it's obviously you still. I don't even think it's not plus money, but you still get a lot better odds than playing him straight up. I think I don't do any parlays about two legs just because it's so risky. So I think a Jordan Kenny parlay isn't bad at all for this card because I think Jordan knocks out Kulabaw. I think this is a fight where they they obviously see something Charles Jordan. The FC seems high on him. I think this is a fight where they're gonna. Get Jordan a win and another knockout win. Just like uh, obviously Kulabai UFC debut got knocked out to uh, Jalen Turner, and I think Jordan's a better fighter than Turner. I like Jordan here by knockout. It's obviously again like he's. I wouldn't really pay him straight up. I think you got to parlay him or look for like that inside the distance prop or something like that. 
Yeah, I, I don't love the odds, minus 450, because Kubao is kind of a wild card. He only has the one fight against Turner, got KO'd. So I'm not too high on him, but all his wins before that were essentially by knockout a lot of them. So, I mean, he could catch Jordan. Jordan's striking defense is not that good. He's, he's been tagged before. Tag is tagged in all his fights. But I do think he's a little bit more power, as we've seen. And I think he's got more experience now. My last fight with Andre Feely, he did lose that fight. It was super close. And I think it would have been a good experience for him. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to overthink this one. I like Charles Jordan. Does he win the fight by stoppage? I think so. I think he does knock out Kulabau just based on how Kulabau fights. So I'm with Cole. I mean, I don't love the minus 450, but if you do parlay it with Kenny or something, or um, maybe a guy coming up on the main card here, maybe that's how you do it. I'm looking at the odds. It was like minus 150. So you still have to lay juice, which kind of sucks. But if you parlay maybe a third guy, that's kind of risky, like Cole said, but you could. Because I think that Jordan wins for sure. Jordan inside the distance is minus 125, which isn't a bad line. Good win decision, though. You're like, damn it. Yeah. David Blackburn, Charles all day. Yeah. I think he wins too. And he says they're throwing him a. Throwing one here, yeah. After that close fight with Feely, I, again, that was a super. I actually picked him in that fight. I was like, please, judges, please screw everyone else, please. <laughs> Didn't work, but it's close. All right, this is an interesting fight. Carlos Condi against Court McKee. I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on this one, Cole. Court McGee minus 135. Carlos Condi, natural born killer, plus 115. What's your pick? Man, this one is so tough to pick because both guys are well past their best before date. Carlos Condit is on a five-fight losing streak, and I think it goes to six here. I just think Cormagee's been a bit better as of late. If this fight happened five, six years ago, I would have picked Carlos Condit, but I don't know. He just hasn't fought since 2018 when he got submitted against Michael Chiesa, submitted against Alex Oliveira. Like he's been fighting tough guys like Robbie Lawler, the split, which a lot of people thought he won, Damian Mayan, Neil McKinney, Cowboy Oliveira, Michael Chiesa, when Chiesa was making his, uh, welter- when he was making his run of welterweight. Cormac, obviously, last loss to Sean Brady. I'm really high on Sean Brady. He does have some bad losses, like a Ben Saunders, Sean Strickland, Diego Lima, I split. Like, it's no way, <clears throat> sorry, no way I'm betting on either guy, but I just think Court McGee's just a bit better right now. It's hard to pick either guy. I'll pick McGee by decision. Maybe he can spit Condit. I don't know, but no way I'm laying money on either guy. Yeah, you know, I was like thinking about this fight last night. I'm like, what am I going to say in the podcast to over this fight? Because I got a lot to say about this fight. Um, I'm glad they're giving Carlos Condit another fight. They could have told him to take a hike and get him out of the UFC with five straight losses. But this is a guy that deserves a lot of respect. He's a pioneer of the division. And I think will probably be in the Hall of Fame one day. Like, he'll be close anyways. The five straight losses obviously hurts. It bothers me a lot, especially the ground game. His ground game has just been terrible. And actually... He seems like a guy that used to have a decent ground game and then all of a sudden he's forgot about it. He only strikes now. He has no takedown defense. It's hard to watch Carlos Condit fight. I mean, it was just a few years ago, Cole, where he had that fight with Waller. Even before that, when he beat up Tiago Alves, uh, Martin Cannon. Like, these were great performances. Even, like, fight against, like, GSP had a good fight. I was at that fight. He had kicked GSP. He almost knocked GSP out. So, I mean, I have a lot of respect for Carlos Condit, man. He's, he's a legend in my eyes. The five straight losses hurts, though. I mean, and he hasn't did much. He hasn't won a fight in five years. Cor McGee, it, it's it's crazy, right? First off, it's kind of nuts that McGee is a little bit younger than, than Condit because I always felt like Condit was not an old guy, but he's 36 now. It's like the years go by quick, and McGee's 35. McGee is a guy who's been around forever too, former Ultimate Fighter winner. A guy I have a lot of respect for me, a guy who's beaten a lot of odds in his personal life, but a guy who's super inconsistent in the ring, Cole. He's so inconsistent. Win-loss, win-loss, lost four of his last five. 
his biggest weapon in this fight would be his cardio, I think, because I know Car Carlos Conde has good cardio too, but I think McGee probably has the better cardio in wrestling. That's I think he'd want to win this fight. His kickboxing is not bad either, though. I'll be honest, though, Cole, I can't pick McGee against Carlos Conde. Just on paper, it bothers me to pick Court McGee over Carlos Conde. There's just something about that that they've never been on the same level in my eyes. McGee might win this fight. I'm not betting on Carlos Conde. I am going to take him as a dog. Taking the old guard here, Cole. I think he's just. I think he's the better striker, and that's why I think it comes down to. He'll stay in the feet. I believe Carlos Carnot lands better shots, wins the decision. I can't touch this fight. I don't recommend anyone does either. It's hard to bet on guys. One guy's on a five fight losing skid. One guy's on a uh, four, one and four losing skid. So don't don't touch this one. But I have to pick Carnot. I think he should be a small, small favorite, Cole, based on his career. DJ Hogan, Carlos Condit seems washed. I felt the same way about Sanchez after the last fight. They did a fight, but going for the win is a tough bet. It is. It is. It's a. It's. It's not easy to pick Carlos Condit. I just. I'm not super high on Cormac. He's a decent fighter. Never, nothing more than that. He's just a gatekeeper, in my opinion. Sanchez's manager is wild. Who's his manager? I don't know who he's talking about. Who's that? Stefan Bonner. <laughs> that was cool, by the way. I like that. Damon says, never seen match of fighters having a combined nine or ten losses. Yeah, they both have a lot of losses, but also a lot of wins. Especially Condit, he's got a lot of wins. All right, next up, Kyler Phillips against Cameron Ellis, Bantamweight fight, Cole. Uh, Kyler Phillips minus 420, Cameron Ellis plus 335. Very strange last name there. Thoughts on this one, Cole? Yeah, this is Kyler Phillips all day. Cameron Ellis is, I don't think, that good. Look at his record. It's padded for sure. It's like He doesn't win over Patty Pimblett, which looks good. But that was back in 2013 when Pat Pimblett wasn't the fighter he is now. But this guy, anytime he gets like a step up in record, like a guy that has a good record, he loses. Like, uh, Ed Arthur, uh, Spencer Hewitt had a winning record. Then his last couple wins, 0 1-1, 0-0, 4-0, 0-1. The guy to get him into the UFC was 3-14. I just think Kyler Phillips is just a much better fighter. Wherever he wants to take this fight, I think he's better ground striking. Kyler Phillips is a guy that doesn't really get many finishes. Like He does have a couple, but in the UFC, like he didn't finish. Gabriel Silva on tough UFC fought uh, Brett Cotone to a draw. He's tough. He's a durable guy. I expect him to... Maybe get a late finish on Els just because Els is taking this fight on a short notice. Maybe Els gassed himself out. And Phillips, uh, I just like Kyler Phillips here. I think he should win this fight. Yeah, it sucks because his last fight, he was basically an underdog against Silva. And now we can't get him at that price probably for a while. Uh, I like Phillips here, obviously, too. There's a lot to like about this kid. Only 25. He's actually got a decent amount of experience now. and He's only fighting for four years as a pro, but he's racked up quite a bit of experience in that time. He did look good in his UFC debut as well against Silva. I think it won fight of the night. It was a great fight. And I remember him throwing a lot of crazy head kicks. Very diverse, uh, diversifying striking attack on the feet. He's good, man. Um, as far as else goes, I don't know a lot about this guy, I'll be honest. Uh, I know he, according to Topology, trains with Jackson Wink. He's an English guy, 29 years old. He is on a six-fight win streak. But he has no good wins. So, actually, sorry, he has one good win, I guess. Patty Pimblett. That's his only good win. That was um, seven years ago. So this guy's been grinding for a while, man. You know, it's nice to see these guys that have been grinding for a long time finally get their shot, but I just feel like it's a tough matchup against a kid who, in Tyler Phillips, who I think is a guy who could be a top 15 guy at some point. I'm very high on that kid. So, yeah, Phillips, I'm with Damon. He says points 425 is steep. Like I just said, you got him as a dog in his first fight, so you're paying 400% premium now, essentially. But he's going to win this fight. Kyler Phillips, I think he probably knocks out camera elves to be on to I don't like the matchup for this guy in short notice. And he has been uh, knocked out by strikes a couple times too. So give me Kyler Phillips by strikes. TKO. All right. I think it's a four fight main card. Are we missing something here, Cole? Is it only four fights? Is that right? Well, because the one fight just got 
Um, Tom Breeze, uh, KB Bowler got moved, which was on the main card. Yeah. I think they'll probably move up Condit McGee to open up the main card. I think you've got to give Carlos Condit that respect, but I mean, maybe they give it to uh, Charles Jordan too. They really like Charles Jordan. Maybe they'll push him up. Either way, this fight, okay, so go to the main card here. This fight should not be in the main card. Daquan Townsend shouldn't even be in the UFC, quite frankly. And again, not trying to be a hater. I know this guy, I believe, works as a paramedic and He's obviously got other stuff he's dealing with, and good for him. But come on, this is not this guy's opening up the main card, really. Anyway, Dusko Todorovic against Daquan Townsend. And right now, we have the Todorovic minus three thirty and Townsend plus two seventy. Who's your pick? I'm going Todorovic by knockout. He's another guy you can parlay if you want to do him, Kenny Jordan. I don't really like three leg parlays, but I that's about as confident of being a three leg parlay as you could be. Those three. I'd take on Townsend is not UFC caliber. He showed it, got knocked out to a uh, Dolce, lost him to Devin Clark and Pavon Lewis in fights that weren't even that close. His other lot, like, he's just, I don't know, even his wins, like, on the regional scenes are not that good. Like, I don't really see a path to victory for him. I, maybe Tudorovic ends up not knocking him out and just uh, grinds the decision, but Townsend has a lot of submitted wins. I think Tudorovic will be able to stop the takedowns, keep the fight standing. On the feet, he's a much better striker. I like Todorovic here, and I think this is Townsend's last fight in the UFC. Yeah, again, he's 0-3, and, and I don't like this match for him. Todorovic is a guy I'm pretty high on, Cole. Uh, 9-0, only 26 years old. He had the one fan contender series as a Teddy Ash. It was a year ago, but, you know, it was a nice win. He also has a knockout over Michelle Pajero, Cole, from two fights ago. Now, he has had some, I think, visa issues, if I'm not mistaken, that kind of prevent him from fighting until now. So the layoff does concern me a little bit, but at the same time, the Quantals, I'm just not high on this guy. You know, 21 and 11, Cole, he's been beaten 11 times. That's a lot of losses, man. 0-3 in the UFC. He hasn't really been that competitive in his fights, too. He's pretty much been dominating him. Um, yeah, I mean, I know they need fighters right now, and this guy's willing to step up and pretty much fight anyone wherever, but I don't think he's that great of a fighter, man. When you Peter Rose by knockout, I'm 100% with Cole. I think you can do – you don't want to go crazy with parlays in MMA because one guy can lose. But I think Cole's parlay was not bad. I think those three do win. So I would definitely take a look at that. And, uh, like, I think at minus 330, there's actually value on Peter Rose, believe it or not, Cole. I think he should be minus 500. I think he should be a higher um, favorite in this fight. So I, I actually do see value on him uh, in a parlay, especially if you want to get the, uh, the odds better for you. All right, next up, Jermaine Aranby against Juliana Pena. Interesting fight here, Cole. Right now, we got really close odds. Minus 130 for Durandamy and Payton plus 10. Who's your pick? I like Jermaine Durandamy here. I've just been a bit more impressed. I know she's coming off the loss to Amanda Nunes, but she had some moments in that uh, fight. Like, she looks like she almost even hurt Nunes. Juliana Payton has looked good, obviously, but she beat Nika Montana, who I don't know if that's really a good win. Obviously, Montana's form champion, but she won it on top. I just think Durandamy, a better reach advantage, better kickboxer, will be able to keep this fight standing and just kind of pick a, a piece up Pena. Durandamy does this knock probably. She knocked out Espen Ladd quickly. I know it was controversial stoppage, but she did drop Ladd. Maybe she can find, maybe she can knock out Pena, but I think Durandamy is just going to be able to use her kickbox and just be able to outpoint Pena and win a decision. Dude, I'm with you completely. Actually, I really like Durandamy in this fight, guys. I, I, I would say she's worth the bet here. I think she should be like a minus 200 favorite, you know, because I just feel like stylistically it's a great matchup for her. Pena, Really good wrestler, no doubt about it. That's her game plan. We already know that's what she's going to try to do. She's going to try taking Durani down. She cannot stand strike with Durani. I don't think really anyone can. Even Nunez wouldn't want to stand with her. Nunez is like, I'm taking her down. Beat her up on the ground both times they fought. 
So you stay in the feed with the random meat, you are at risk of getting KO'd, no doubt about it. And Pena, yes, she does have a pretty good chin from what we've seen. She has been stopped once in her career by Dr. Savage, but you know, overall, she doesn't really have to face danger on the feet with someone like Durant. She hasn't had to face that yet. Um, this is a kind of a tough match, I think, for Pena because Durant does have excellent takedown defense. If she keeps the fight standing, I think she wins this fight easily, Cole. Minus 130, I think it's worth a bet here. I like Durant straight up as a favorite here, small favorite, Cole. I think she picks apart Pena and wins a decision. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. What's your thoughts on that, Cole? Decision or a knockout? I think should probably be a decision. Yeah, I'm just looking at the odds on that. Decision for Demand and Me, plus 250. That's not bad either. That's not bad by uh, inside distance, plus 270. But I lean towards the decision. Either way, I like her at minus 130. I don't want to overthink it. She could get KO'd. She could get a decision. I just like her in this fight. Minus 130, Demand This was the one that like really stood out to me. A card that's actually, I think, kind of tough to bet on. This was one that stood out to me for a straight place. So we'll see what happens. All right, next up, Jorgen DeCastro against Carlos Felipe. I have no idea how this is a co-main event. It obviously should be Jermaine and me and um, Pena. This is just weird, Cole. Don't understand it at all. Either way, we got DeCastro, minus 255, Felipe, plus 215. I don't know. What, what's your thoughts on this fight? How is this co-main event? I think it ends quickly, and DeCastro knocks out Felipe probably in the first round. I think that's probably why maybe they see a big knockout happening. I like DeCastro here. No way I'm laying that kind of money on him, though, at... No way I'm betting it either. Like, I think it's really dogger pass to bet. Just like, I don't really understand the line. Like, minus 270 on DeCastro. Like, I, I don't know. I think he should knock out Felipe, but no way I'm laying money on him. I pretty much agree with everything you said, Cole. I'm going to slightly lean towards DeCastro, but it's a slight lean. It's a minus 150 lean. So I'm with you in that there could be value on Felipe. I'm just not going to even touch this fight. I'm just going to pass on it. It's dogger pass, though. Um, DeCastro, I'm taking him because I like the power. We saw that in Contender Series. We saw that in the Tafel fight. The fight with Hardy bothers me, though, Cole. It does, because I think if this guy can be picked apart 50 minutes, Felipe's fight against Spivak was actually pretty competitive. He lost because he got taken down. So maybe DeCastro will mix in some takedowns here, because I think he might get a little bit tired in the feet, Cole. And if that happens, Felipe could maybe edge out a split decision in this fight. So I'm worried about it a little bit, Cole. My pick's DeCastro. I'm going to take him. He probably wins a knockout, because that's how he wins his fight. So I'll take him by KO, but... First off, Felipe's never been knocked out, so that, that's something he'll have to overcome. And then second off, the cardio. If DeCastro can't get him out early, does he lose a decision? It's dogger pass. My pick's DeCastro. Finally, Cole, main event of the evening, Holly Holm against Irene Aldana. Right now we have Holly Holm minus 120, Aldana plus 100. I have a feeling I know which way you're going to pick, Cole, but I'm curious to hear what your rationale is for this fight. So go ahead and give me your pick for the main event of UFC on ESPN 16. Yeah, this fight's really tough to call. I like Arena Donna slightly. I just been a, like Holly Holm obviously is always dangerous with her kickboxing. I just she, she's to me. I feel like she's kind of lost step in her last couple of fights. Like obviously knocked out to Nunes. She beat Raquel Pennington, but she didn't really show much that fight. She just kind of held Pennington against the cage. Beat Megan Anderson, lost Chris Eber. Like she's losing to the best girls: Duran, Amy Shevchenko, Misha Tate. If this is a good step up for Arena Donna, she beats Holly Holm. She's probably gets a title shot. I think the UFC wants Aldana wins. I don't really think you do Holm Nunes two again. I think Aldana on the feet. It's pretty even. I think I think it's going to come down if if Aldana can get home against the fans or on the ground because I think Aldana is better on the ground. Home obviously did clinch with Pipes and is strong. It is tough to get taken down. I think there's a path to victory for Aldana to Smith Holly Holm. Does it happen? I'm not too sure. I think this fight probably goes the distance. I think it's going to be a really close fight, like a 3-2, like a 48-47. I'll lean Aldana slightly, but really tough fight to call. 
it's tough. It's definitely tough. This fight and the Durandamy fight, man, they're both interesting fights with close lines. I I, I had a feeling you were going to take Aldana, by the way. That's kind of I was thinking you were going to take Cole. Um, it's close, man. It can go either way. I slightly lean towards Holly Holm. It's a slight lean, though. Like I with the odds, I think minus one twenty is is very fair. Even minus one fifteen, like it's the slightest of, of uh, leans, Cole. So again, I don't know if I'd bet on this one. Like, I'd rather bet Durandamy, essentially the same price, personally. I'll lean towards Holly Holm for a few reasons. First off, the experience factor. She's been in there with the best in the world. She's gone five rounds. That's something that Arena Aldana hasn't did, I don't believe. I don't think she's gone five rounds. So that's interesting. Three-round fight, it could be different. Five rounds, I think it gives Holm the edge, Cole, honestly, because I think that she's been in there for those fourth and fifth rounds. She knows what it takes to win. She knows what it takes to lose, quite frankly. She's lost to some really close fights that she wants back. Um, second off, Holly Holm's become a, a very smart fighter kind of later in her career. She's not just a striker. She now uses a lot of clinching, like you said, Cole, and her wrestling too. The Megan Anderson fight took her down. You know, if this fight stays in the feet, and I think it will for quite a bit of the time, I, I think Aldana might get the better of Holm on the feet, and she could knock out Holly Holm. She has power. We saw that against Caitlin Vieira. But overall, I feel like Holly Holm will kind of neutralize that. She'll use some uh, cage clinching and, and get some takedowns as well and edge out a super close decision. That's it. I, I very much see it playing out like the Raquel Pennington fight, Cole, where she just held her against the fence essentially for 50 minutes. And I think she'll try to do that for 25, maybe get a few takedowns. Aldana has good takedown defense, but she has been taking down, especially at the wrong time. I had her against Raquel Pennington last year, and she was taking down, I think, in the third round, lost the decision. So that's kind of how I'm thinking it's going to be. It's going to be close, but she does get eventually get takedown and win the decision. So Holly home by decision. That's my pick. Again, I won't, I'm not going crazy on this one, Cole. Um, home by by decision is uh, plus 150. So I don't mean like the odds on it, Cole. Um, but yeah, I, I'm leaning towards a really, really close decision. I'm going to comment here from uh, Damon. He actually he says the same thing as me. Holmes going to try to hold her against the cage. Uh, and I think, Cole, you could probably see that happening as well. Just kind of make it a boring fight, quite frankly. Um, you know, it, it's good for the UFC if Aldana wins. I'm with you there, Cole. Like, I think they want her to win. But she has to win against someone like Holmes to get that title shot. So it's good matchmaking. It is. Here's a couple of comments I missed earlier. MMA Pick says Dalia will be very wrong. That card's coming up in a few weeks, but we'll talk about him. Actually, it's funny because Cole um, sends me a, a DM. He's like, who the heck's this guy? And then I looked him up and I'm like, oh, this guy's actually fought quite a few people. So maybe it won't be that bad. This one's funny. Straight Rager says Felipe straight for a prelim opener loss to a co-main event slot. Crazy, right? Man, and he looked terrible to fight against Sergey Spivak. So I guess they mean Spivak's going to be headlining a pay-per-view in this next fight. <laughs> like, based on... Based on that, um, Kenshiro, Yon won me 400 Saturday. Good for you. Good for you, man. Damon says, I don't know how they keep putting Yon as a dog. Three fights in a row, but please keep doing it. I know you guys love Yon as a dog. I picked him a few times as a dog. Luke Rockle. Everyone was taking Luke Rockle in that fight. And I'm like, are you guys kidding me? Give me Yon, man. And Yon knocked him out in brutal fashion. The last fight against Corey Anderson. It's just, it's crazy. Like, Yon is a good fighter, but I, I keep picking against him. And I know I shouldn't, but I keep doing it, and he keeps burning me. So all those legendary Polish power—you can't overlook it, dude. You can't. It can't. By the way, I thought it was super cool that he got mobbed at the uh, airport by his fans. That was awesome. There was no social distancing being respected there, Cole. No mask being worn, but it was cool. It was cool to see. Just hopefully he doesn't get the rona from these people. All right, uh, I think that's it for this card, Cole. So I mean, overall, it gets not the best card in the world. It's probably not the worst card they've ever did either. It's kind of like. I'd say an average card. So there's a few fights that are worth watching, but definitely some questionable matchmaking on the main card as far as the decisions to go with the opening card being the opening main card fight being Townsend and the co-main event being Felipe. Very, very bizarre, but 
overall, I think there's some good fights. Let's talk a little bit about some news. We got like, you know, six or seven minutes or cool. Let's start with Connor. Connor released some text messages last week of him reportedly, allegedly, I should say, talking to, to Dana Way about Diego Sanchez and saying that he wants the Sanchez fight in LA. This was before, by the way, the pandemic. This was like in February. Pandemic really didn't start to like, well, it had been out there since like January, I guess, but really didn't start to like March call. So people that were saying, oh, like there was no events anyways, that's not true because he was, this was before. Anyways, called he leaked the messages. Dana Wake got pissy about it. He said that it's one of the dirtiest things anyone's ever did. Then Connor says, you know, he broke the code first and they've just been bitching each other on, on uh, Twitter basically and, and social media. First off, I didn't even think they were real. And then I told Cole that, and Cole's like, they look real. And I was like, man, there's apps that, like, I know there's apps out there that make these things, but Dana Way essentially admitted that it was a real text. So, first off, the fact that he was calling out Diego was kind of sad. I mean, he was coming off a win over Cerrone. I mean, come on, that was already enough of, like, an easy fight for him. Did he really have to fight Diego, too? That fight was never happening. And even Dana said they're going to lose their promoter's license, which I'm sure Diego didn't like to hear that. I like Diego, respect him, but come on. But, you know, Cole, where do you stand on this, man? Who's in the right here? Who's in the wrong? What are your thoughts on this whole situation with Connor and Dana? Uh, I mean, he wanted Diego after Gaethje. So, like, he did want Gaethje in May, and then he said Diego in August in Dublin. Because I guess he wanted to fight Dublin, gives Diego a retirement knockout, send off. And then he wanted the rematch. He wanted four fights here. That would have been massive for the UFC. I kind of, I always back the fighters just because Dana White's in a lot of things. Yep. Connor, like, Everyone was accusing Connor of ducking people and saying, oh, Connor actually didn't want to fight, but he just proved it right there that he was calling for Gaethje. So anyone, because Ali's been vocal saying, oh, Connor turned down Gaethje and whatnot. Gaethje said, oh, Connor turned down him. There was just proof that he was asking for the fight. And I, it's definitely interesting. I, it seems like Dane and Connor no longer, you know, his body buddies aren't getting along. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Obviously, he was tweeting up Pori saying, let's do an exhibition fight. Nothing to do with the UFC. He says he's boxing Manny Pacquiao. And so, man, like, I don't know if we'll see him in the UFC for quite some time because it seems like Dana White doesn't want him unless there's fans. And I think Connor wants to fight, and he's kind of getting frustrated over that because yep. it's making him look like he does. he's the one that doesn't want to fight, and he's, like, docking people. And it's crazy because he hasn't fought since January. He fought 46 seconds or whatever against Sloan. 40 seconds, I think, even. Locked him out quick. And we thought – remember he said he was going to have a season this year? I know coronavirus obviously played a factor in that, but – at this point, it just looks like the UFC wants to hold, keep him out of the ring for a while. And he wants to get back in there. So, you know, the Pacquiao thing, I think, does make sense, especially if the UFC gets a cut of it. You know, it's not really hurting them. Even if he loses a Manny, which he will, I think, comes back to the UFC, he's still the same guy. I mean, look at the, the McGregor fight, right? Or the Mayweather fight. He came back and he's still a big star. So I don't think a loss to Manny, which I think would happen again, by the way, Cole. Minus 1,200 or Manny don't love the odds, mm -hmm. but he's going to win that fight. Back in the day, it was only a few years ago now, three years ago, but you know Floyd was at only like minus 200 or something, minus 250? It's crazy looking back. Like, I can't – dude, there were so many people picking McGregor. Like, I love him. I love Robin Black. I love Robin. But I think he had that video of him saying, you know, Connor's going to knock him out. Like, and the I, people thinking. Wait, I had, like – like, Connor, you did. No, I had, like, 10, 15 of my friends over to watch that fight. And me and my one buddy who actually like watched them, hey, we made so much money off all of them because they're like, oh, Connor. I'm like, I'll bet you 20 bucks Floyd wins. And the next friend goes, oh, I'll take Connor. I'm like, I'll bet you 20 bucks that Floyd wins. Yeah. No, like, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. And then they were so confident after the first two rounds. They're like, look how good Connor's doing. I'm like, Floyd's literally is making this for TV. He doesn't want to end it. Like, Floyd could end this, that fight in the first round if he wanted to. Yeah. Same with Manny. 
Um, just quickly, Cole, Kamzat Chemaev, he's been called up by a bunch of guys. Uh, Neil Magny seems to really want that fight. That's the fight I would make because yeah. he's never even fought anyone in the top 15. So why should he jump to a top? It's not fair that he'd get a guy like Leon Edwards, who apparently UFC does have as a potential back opponent. They want to do the Stephen Thompson fight. He's ranked number six. I'm okay with that fight, Cole, but I'd rather see Stephen Thompson against Leon Edwards. I feel like they deserve yeah. Like they're number three and six. Kamzat is not ranked. He's great. We all love the kid. Cole, can we just slow our roll with this guy? Why do they always have to rush these prospects? Just build them slow, man, right? Give him Neil Magny. And Neil Magny's a hard enough fight as it is. Neil Magny's a beast, Cole. Great cardio. Just say Cam's that can't knock him on the first round. Who would win three rounds? It, actually, sorry, five rounds. Could be a five-round fight. His next That's fight. the thing. We don't know what his Dude, cardio is like. No, It's crazy, right? We have so many unanswered questions. It's not like he's a proven guy like, you know, Kamar Usman, where we know he can go 25 minutes. Like, we have no idea. I think he has good cardio. I have no idea, though. Cole, we'll go quickly through these five announcements. We're only got like two minutes left here. Ciro Gon's going to take on this guy, Anti Dalia. This is who the guy uh, earlier was talking about. Um, I looked at this guy's record, and he does have some experience, but Ciro Gon is going to be a big favorite here, right? Yeah, sure. Ciro Gon. He was a big favorite of Shmiel Abdekhimov. Like, yeah, yeah, Ciro Gon wins in the UFC. Yeah. Yeah, and he almost beat Derek Lewis in, the, in their fight. Uh, Bobby Green, Tiago Moises. Interesting fight. I, I like Green a lot. I told I say straight away. I go, Cole, I'm betting on Bobby Green in this fight. I'm like, I'm I want him to be an underdog again. I think it's gonna be a, a small lean for Bobby Green, like minus 170 or something like that. I think yeah. it'll be favored, but I think it'll be small and I think it'll be value on him again because I think he wins this fight. I love the matchup for him. Um uh, Renato McCarney against Rafael Fiziev. Holy crap. I like Fiziev though, Cole, a little bit. I mean, like, I mean, I don't know the odds yet, guys, but if he's a dog, I would take a shot on him. What are you thinking? This fight's crazy. Just right. like put this. I would watch that fight any single day of the week. If that fight is on any single card, I no matter what time I'm watching those two fight. What did his manager say, Danny? What did he say about this fight? Didn't he send me a tweet that he wrote? Oh, it was about um Fizzy and Brad Riddell that they'd never fight because they used to Yeah, because they're they're friends, right? They yeah, train. and they used to train together in Thailand. Yeah. They said well, the only way because after Brad Riddell won everyone in Sweden, oh Riddell versus Fiziev. And he tweeted basically just like the only way they're fighting is for the belt. If you want to watch them fight, go down to Thailand and watch them spar. Yeah, uh, a lot of people say that you know for their for their uh, two fighters come walk, come to the gym and watch this fight. Last fight, Edson Barboza against Macron Rakani, who's filling in for Tilly Yusuf. Um, again, I don't want to give my picks away or anything like that, but you know, just looking at the fight objectively, I think Barboza will probably be the favorite here, just based on the experience and he's got good takedown defense. What do you think, Cole? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I see so many people already like came to Cavers on Amir Khani, but like, maybe Amir Khan, I think his only path to victory is to submit him. And Barboza has good takedown defense. Like, I and on the feet, it's miles I, apart from their striking. It's not even close. If he can't get the takedown, he's, he's screwed. Anyways, we'll get to the last comments and we'll get out of here. Kenshiro, Giannis humble, spiritual, worked his way, legit power, much respect, and knew the TKO race. And Damon says, might be the worst we've ever seen race. So, yep, I agree with both those. All right, cool. Plug your stuff, man. you got a lot uh, going on right now. Go ahead. At Twitter, at Coastal91, the uh, podcast this week, Irene Aldana talked to Brandon Roy Valley yesterday, so he's on it. And then Jorgen DeCastro, Case Canning, so all those stories this week. And anything else is always on my Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at MMAdam Martin. Podcast is available at MMAosmere.com. It's on our YouTube channel. Also available on Spotify, 
iTunes, Google Podcasts. Trying to grow it, guys. If you can, you know, spread the word. We really appreciate that. And just keep listening. Love doing the show with Cole. Love doing the show with everyone that joins in the chat every week. It's great. So definitely check it out. Uh, BJPen.com, also there doing the news. And MMARays.net, just posting an article there. Should come out today on Adesanya and what it needs, what he needs to do to become the number one pound for pound fighter in the world. One last question, Marcus. I got literally 10 seconds to answer this. Who do you think Wonderboy and Leon Edwards will fight? Each other. Each other. I'm with you completely on that call. I think they'll end up fighting each other. That's the fight we'll do. And I think they'll do Neil Maggie against Cam's. That just makes a lot more sense. Thanks, guys, for joining in today. Thanks, Paul, for joining me as well. And talk to you later. Bye.